So what did I miss? That's the title of a song that begins act two of the musical Hamilton. It's sung by Thomas Jefferson. Uh, this character basically misses all of act one. He's been the ambassador of France um, while the American Revolution is taking place. And he's back in the newly formed United States and he is itching to know what happened while he was away. What did I miss, he sings. Well, that's the song I've been singing all week as I return from three months of a sabbatical. And it's been so much fun hearing of all the wonderful things that have happened at Broad Street during that time, um, all under the strong leadership of my colleagues and the session. Um, I am so grateful uh, for the gift of these last three months. Um, it's been an opportunity to connect more deeply with family, friends, and colleagues near and far, um, to rest, uh, to restore, and, and to think more deeply about the, the, the larger arc of church life. And I promise to share more about that in the weeks to come. Uh, but this morning, I, I want to dig into the Gospel of John and this uh, strange and, and particular story uh, that we find. Um, this is a, a post-resurrection -resur story. It's usually read and preached on in May, but eh, I wasn't here then, so I'm making up for lost time. The, the, this story explores the life of the disciples right after the resurrection. Now, after all of the events of, of Jesus' final days, particularly uh, all that happens during Holy Week, um, you'd think the disciples might, might get some kind of rest, but they don't receive a three-month sabbatical. No, very soon they go back to work, and they go back to that which they know best, um, fishing. I think it's fair to say that the disciples, they're probably better at fishing than they were at following Jesus. Um, so that's what they do. They return to fishing. Well, while they are fishing, the risen Jesus appears on the shore. And the disciple, or the, the Gospel of John is, is clear about this. Uh, the disciples do not recognize him. So this supposed stranger, he calls out from the beach, have you any fish? Now, that's one of my favorite questions. You may remember that one of the goals of my sabbatical was to fish. And I got a lot of fishing in during those three months. I fished in a few other states, but mostly I fished here in central Ohio, um, Antrim Lake, Hoover Reservoir, and most of all, I fished the Scioto River. Um, and I caught a lot of fish this summer. I caught bass, bluegill, perch, um, and something called a yellow a bullhead. It's really, a, it's quite an ugly fish. Um, have you any fish? Well, many a day the last three months, my answer to that question was yes. But this question, it's not just about fish. Uh, in the Gospel of John, Jesus never asked a question that has only one layer of meaning. So when he asks, have you any fish? He's also asking, how are things going? How is the work? Is this a productive season? In other words, uh, 
Jesus is asking, what did I miss? This same question I've been asking this week. Um, the past few months, I missed a lot of good stuff. A an incredible lineup of guest preachers. Um, a concert by Stephen Spotswood and the Columbus Cultural Orchestra. A joint service with Bethany Presbyterian Church. The hard and beautiful work of remembering and celebrating the lives of those who died during that time. Um, while I was gone, there were mission trips taken, food given to our neighbors, uh, rental assistance offered, um, children baptized. Have you any fish? Well, the answer here, Broad Street, has been yes. And the work these past three months, it has been good and faithful and abundant. But that's not what happens in our passage. Jesus asked the disciples, have you any fish? And they have only to look to their empty nets to answer no. Um, and Jesus says, huh, too bad. And he walks down the beach. No, of course, that's not what happens. Uh, instead, uh, Jesus says, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Try the other side, he says. Well, the disciples do that, and shazam! They have nets full of fish, 153 fish to be exact. Now, there may be some obscure symbolic meaning to that number, but I'll tell you what it means to me. A lot of fish, abundance, excess, plenty. The disciples try fishing on their own, and they get nothing. Uh, the risen one shows up, and they are in business. And then they recognize Jesus. Now, when Peter finds out that the stranger on the beach is none other than Jesus, he gets very excited. He goes a little overboard in his excitement. He jumps into the sea and he starts swimming to Jesus. Now, the text doesn't say why he does this, but that's not going to stop me from speculating. I wonder if it is at that moment that Peter begins to forgive himself um, for all the ways in which he has disappointed and let down Jesus. I wonder if, if that's the moment when he begins to embrace the possibility of a new beginning. Um, I wonder if he, he, he's just so glad that, that he is alive and that Jesus is alive and that God offers a second and third and fourth chances and, and that each day is a new day to live in God's world and maybe all of that just enters into his brain and into his being. And, and, and so he, he flings his arms into the air and with a wide, goofy grin on his face, he jumps into the water. I love this story. I've always loved this story. I love the, the goofiness of it, the oddness of it, all the fishing. But this week, there, there's something that's bothering me that's not quite sitting right with me. Um, I want some acknowledgement of how hard it is to fish these days. How hard it is right now to hold on to hope and joy. These past three months out there in the world, they have, they have not been easy ones. There's no end to the war in Ukraine, um, rising inflation. And how can it be that the pandemic is worse now than it was three months ago. 
And then there was that school shooting in Texas. Supreme Court decisions that feel like punches to the gut. Have you any fish? Jesus asks. Well, I wanna ask him in response, Jesus, do you know how hard it is to fish these days? During my sabbatical, I, I checked in with many colleagues across the country and they share one thing in common, weariness, innovation fatigue, this growing wonder if anything they do makes a difference, moves the dial. There's such exhaustion out there. It seems like the whole world needs what I just received, a break, time away, time to breathe, restoration because life is hard and God regularly gives us more than we can handle. Things don't always work for good. Fishing is challenging and some days seems pointless. So Jesus, do you understand how hard it is to fish these days? How hard it is to live in the world? Well, I think he does. Because, well, he's Jesus. And he's not just the risen one, he's also the crucified one who is familiar with grief and sorrow. He's Jesus, which means that he, he sees us and listens to us. And I think he knows how hard it is to fish these days. So what does Jesus have to say to us? What does he have to say in response to that? Is he going to give us the solution, the way out, a technique that will fix everything, that will make us and our world whole? I mean, we hold our breath waiting for this. What does Jesus have to say? Come and have breakfast. Hmm. That may not be what you were looking for. But it's not the worst response. I know for myself, I love breakfast. I love everything about breakfast. I love every imaginable breakfast food. I love eggs, fried, poached, boiled, scrambled, coddled. I love dishes with eggs, omelets, frittatas, quiches. I love oatmeal, dry cereal, granola, Bananas, blueberries, muffins, scones, bagels, any kind of toast, bacon, sausage, grits, breakfast burritos, coffee cake, croissants, donuts, French toast, pancakes, and what have I missed? Come and have breakfast. I, I like that invitation. Now the meal Jesus offers includes fish, not my go-to breakfast food, but I can adjust. I can make that work. Come and have breakfast, Jesus says. Come and be with me. Let's eat. Let's take time for a meal, Jesus says. Let's sit down and eat together. Let's rest together, spend time together, renew ourselves together. So here's my idea. Uh, soon, maybe the next meal you have, make it breakfast food. And take a moment as you sit down first to, to acknowledge how hard things are. 
Acknowledge the disappointment, the weariness, the grief. And then welcome God into all of it. The hard and the beautiful. The big setbacks and the small and real joys. Welcome God into all of it as you take a break, as you nourish your body and replenish your soul. As you spend time with the risen one, the crucified one, the one who sees us and listens to us and knows how hard it is to fish these days and longs for us, for all of us, to be whole and rested. Have breakfast with Jesus.